It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. All right, welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. Let's get to it. I mean, it's after session now, except for the special sessions that take place. But uh, a lot to cover. Eric Eichenberg, uh, of course, is back with us. He's the CEO of the Everglades Foundation, the website EvergladesFoundation.org. So, I, there's so much, you know, you're going to be on with this now more routinely because you don't have to keep going back to Tallahassee and everything. It's amazing. Everybody Zooms, but you got to go back. Go figure that. But anyway, I want to do a kind of a follow-up um, after session. Um, it, usually, you present a bill, Everglades Restoration. You guys have been on board, a lot of water projects. Somebody always wants to screw with you, tanker with you. Did you find that happening this year, or was it pretty much a smooth sailing for what was needed for the projects? Uh, it was smooth sailing for what was needed. And that's uh, that stems from the, the Florida budget. And, uh, you know, the governor prior to the session laid out a budget request, um, as you recall, Ed, um, when he was elected and then inaugurated two two days after that inaugural, he, he asked for two point five billion dollars over the four years. And with this session now concluding on April 30th, uh, he's three quarters to that goal. In fact, they increased Everglades funding every year. It's gone up. Uh, $342 million specifically for Everglades projects, the ability to have infrastructure to hold water on the peninsula for water quality needs. Um, it's the exceptional time that we're in right now. Um, so when you look back on these last 60 days of the of the session in Tallahassee, uh, with all of the issues surrounding the pandemic and getting the state back fully functioning, uh, the funding for the Everglades was right up there. You know, there was, and, and I want to mention names or get too much political. I just find this very interesting. Um, you've got people that are going to run against the governor. And one of their first, in, in a couple of their commercials, we were playing this on the radio, on my radio show. And of all the 30 issues they talked about, guess what was number one? Everglades restoration. I, I'm like, I got to share that with Eric. That was pretty good. And let me ask you this, because I want to get into some more of the, the current issues that we've talked about on the radio show as well. Now on the Florida Daily TV You know, you go back to the amendments of Save the Everglades, land acquisition in 2014. Um, We we always knew that this was an issue, but sometimes, depending on what the the marketplace of the voters' idea or what the governor at the time or a congressman, sometimes an issue ranks higher than another issue. Where was the defining point here that sit back and were more of the elected officials in not so much D.C., but Tallahassee, it's almost like the light turned on, Erica. Hey, we got to focus more on water projects and Everglades restoration. Can you give me a timeline, or was it really when Governor DeSantis came in in 2018, 2019? Well, that's when it really accelerated. But I would say the defining moment was in 2013 when we had what was called the lost summer. And it was after Lake Okeechobee uh, rose, the water levels uh, uh, went to a point where the discharges began. And the algae in 2013 was devastating. It was devastating for the local economy. I remember Ed being out on the Treasure Coast, the St. Lucie Estuary, the Indian River Lagoon, uh, with uh, with uh, the river kids. These were young people in middle and high school uh, who were saying, we need to do uh, whatever we can here to save our river. The summer was canceled. They were unable to get in the water. Health department putting signs along the, along the banks of the river saying stay out of the water because it was toxic. So that really elevated this issue 
I remember leaving there with a bottle of toxic water that I took back to the office. And I remember having that on the ledge in the office, understanding that this is what it was about. It was about clean water. It was about restoring the Everglades. Uh, then another key moment was when Ron, Senate president, said he was not going to look at this as a constituency issue or a Senate district issue. It was a broader, it was a regional, it was a statewide issue. And then you began to see infrastructure projects move. And then with Ron DeSantis coming in uh, and pledging these type of dollars behind this effort, it has given the, I guess, the shot in the arm. Can I say that, Ed, with vaccines going? <laughs> you always got a good one. Um, it, was, it was what the Everglades needed at the time. And now Washington, uh, hopefully here with the president's budget coming in the next few days, um, the money needs to flow just as the water does. That water needs to go south. And um, you take a crisis. What do they say? Don't let a good crisis go to waste. I don't know who said that, but not me. It was originally uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, Rahm Emanuel, we had a few. Yeah. We've had a few. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, we had a few over the last couple of years and we've uh, we've seized the moment. This past week, Governor DeSantis had a press conference, and there's just so much to talk about the Lake O, that's how we call it, but for all those that aren't here, Lake Okeechobee, but Lake O, the discharges, and it's got some good coverage in the T.C. Palm, some of the South Florida districts as well, and of course with some of the state parks out there. Tell me what the the press conference on that was, because as we jump around about session and stuff, but this was pretty current. Tell me what the press conference was about, detail what took place. The Army Corps of Engineers, as we sit here this afternoon together, the Army Corps is going through a process to update the manual, update the regulations and guidelines of how the Army Corps will operate Lake Okeechobee, um, not for this summer, not for the next year, for the next uh, number of years, potentially the next 20 years. Uh, it's almost a generational change here that they potentially could do. What what the governor highlighted was if the, cor the Corps is going through this process, it's called the Lake Okeechobee uh, management schedule, uh, this loathsome process. They, uh, we want to ensure that there's balanced and equitable distribution of lake water. So for the estuaries, they don't want all that water being dumped east and west. You have the Everglades, the Florida Keys, Broward County, Dade County. They need the water to flow south, certainly during the dry season. Um, you have agricultural interests that tap into Lake Okeechobee for irrigation purposes. All that to say, um, when the lake rises, they dump it. They dump this water east and west. When the dry months occur, November through May, when the Everglades is parched in particular, when the aquifer of South Florida needs to continue to be recharged, let's send that water south. Let's move Lake Okeechobee water south during the dry months. And then when the rainy season hits, Ed, when hurricane season begins and the water starts coming down, you can allow the lake to rise, not dump it. Don't dump the water. And then that constant back and forth dry season releases to the south allow the rake lake to rise in the in the in the wet season uh the governor put a big flashlight on this this week he highlighted the fact that this process doesn't cost a dime you don't need to spend a dime on this issue the army corps the colonel of the army corps has the ability here to make significant change for the future we want a lower lake in the dry season allow it to rise in the wet season don't send those harmful discharges to the coast. How is the, uh, we've talked about this a lot. How's the water management districts, primarily in South Florida, how are they, sometimes they can be an obstacle. It is a government entity. How, how easy or how's it been working with them over the last couple of years in the process of dealing with this? Oh, it's been a, uh, it's been a total uh, sea change um, as far as how they've 
operated under the leadership of Drew Bartlett, uh, Jennifer Reynolds, who's the deputy there. Uh, Jennifer Reynolds was a lieutenant colonel at the Army Corps, so she's been around this issue for a long time. Uh, but it, the leadership comes from the top. Uh, the governor changed out who serves on that governing board. You remember that. It was one of the first things he did. He cleaned house in West Palm Beach. Uh, you have um, you have men and women that are serving on that governing board who are all committed to the environment. They're all committing committed to protecting the water supply, the habitats, the diversity that makes up this 16 county water management district. They're not um, they're not focused on one particular issue or one particular special interest. So it's been a, a complete change in operations there for the good. And um, they look at they understand there's multiple users of this ecosystem and they're doing it in an equitable, fair way. We just hope that translates over to the Army Corps because the Everglades and the environment has always been lower on the totem pole. It needs to it needs to rise to the level it deserves. Uh, we continue to use the estuaries as a dumping ground. They don't want the water. They don't need the water all year round. Get the water down to the fishing capital of the world, the Florida Keys. And the beauty of this is we're investing in all this infrastructure. We're building bridges. We're raising roads to flow water south. You just need the source now. You need the water to go. You know, I, I get this discussion. You know, everybody in your radio show, out of the the the, the, the bowloads of readers on Florida Daily and those that listen to the radio show and watch Florida Daily TV, you know, you're always going to get, as we say, haters are going to hate. Okay? You always get the, well, you know, the I mean, the Everglades, this. And they always, every time when you talk about, for example, born and raised in Florida, conservationists, you get some people that are just stuck. They hear the word environmental and they think of this, this, and that. I want, and I keep saying, guys, are none of you, hello, McFly, anybody home? Is nobody paying attention? I mean, when you talk about infrastructure projects, I mean, you talk about how the uh, the alliances and, and the, the, the partnerships with the real estate community, the Florida Chamber of Commerce, the captains for clean, uh, for clean water, the fishing industry, that goes beyond than just, quote, environmental. Some people, it's almost like I sit back and say the word you evolve, transgress, progress. They hear it, they're stuck in. You got, it's, it's not like just... Well, land acquisition. It's not dealing with flooding. It's about getting jobs out there, the reservoirs, taking care of everything out there. And unfortunately, you can only do so much, you would think, to instill this type of mindset in the people's, you know, trying to get some knowledge that stop being stuck in the mud. This, what you may have thought about the environment 15 years ago is totally progressed and transgressed down the road with other projects, Eric. Well, the environment... Uh, I would even say the Everglades, the water supply, it's the engine. It's the, it's the, if, if Florida is a car, uh, it's the engine. And in order to uh, make this state great, in order for this state to continue to prosper, in order for a tourism industry to thrive, uh, in order for a hospitality sector to, um, to, 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 see, uh, so, to see great impacts, you have to have uh, clean water. You have to have uh, habitat. You have to have the ability to go out and recreate. You just said it, fishing, boating, um, spending a, a, a vacation, whether you're from in or out of state within our natural resources. That's what that's the beauty of Florida. And to have decision makers to understand that it has to be protected. If you lose it, you're done. You're finished. Yep. It's over. So, um, you know, and, and I have always found this to be a unifying issue and it brings people together um, you can be the most um, ardent hunter, uh, outdoorsman, whatever it might be, or you may just like to go and look uh, birding, go bird watching. It brings people together because it's a habitat, it's an environment, it's an ecosystem that must be protected. And uh, I'm optimistic that this generation, Ed, 
um, our, our, our friends and neighbors and those that are engaging on these topics, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make sure we pass it on to the next generation, leave it off, leave it better than we received it for sure. Yeah. I'd like to see the bird watchers and the hunters cartered together. That would be a good well, sight sometimes. Well, listen, those that go out and they love to hunt, they do that. They spend their money. Exactly. Hunting, and then there's those that go out and they, they do bird watching and those birders are just as passionate um, but they all they all understand the importance of conservation. Talk about <laughs> this is this is for all of you watching on TV right now. So Eric was on the show with us a couple weeks last week, and I'm looking at these pictures down in southeast, you know, southeast Florida. Uh, Congressman Brian Mast, you know Brian, and he covers a lot of the estuaries down in Port St. Lucie, and as a congressman in that whole area. And Eric's, I'm looking at pictures. I'm going. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's this runoff coming? I mean, we're looking at the algae bloom that's taking place here. I'm like, wait a second. I thought we had a grasp on this. What was going on? Because that is a hot fishing industry down there, Eric. What was happening right there? With Because Brian Mass was unloading. Um, I'm not trying to put you in a position to go after the agriculture commissioner. He was unloading on the current agriculture commissioner going, how come you guys are not addressing this situation? Well, um, there was a lot of attention given to uh, legislation that went through the session last year uh, that called on the Department of Agriculture to provide documentation, to, to provide paperwork. I mean, this is the first step in, in, in really tackling these water quality issues to the north. Um, sharing data, not, not, not doing it every three years or any time you wanted to, but doing it on an annual basis. And what Brian Mass did in that uh, in that press release, which we then confirmed through conversations up in Tallahassee and telephone calls, is the information has not been shared from the Department of Agriculture to the Department of Environmental Protection. So you have two state agencies that are not speaking or not providing information. One is not providing information to the other so that you can have a true understanding and an analysis of what type of nutrients are being loaded into the rivers, what type of nutrients are going into the lake itself. The, the, the amount of pollution that, it pour, that is, continues to pour into Lake Okeechobee is a major problem. It needs to be addressed. The first step to, again, Ed, was to provide this data. The Department of Agriculture needs to go out to these farms and to these, these efforts, these, these, um, uh, these businesses, and, and get the information. What is, what is being applied on the ground? Give that data to DEP so that they can meet the letter of the law. And then you can start making decisions on how you reduce the pollution that's entering. The, the, uh, there was a county commissioner at that Pahokee Marina who was talking about the, the handful of houseboats that were sitting in the marina. And, and the, the comment was, those houseboats are dumping sewage here into the marina that's causing this algae. Wow. The algae is covering three quarters, if not more, of Lake Okeechobee as we sit here today. So it's not a bunch of um, uh, it's not a bunch of raw sewage from five houseboats at the Pahokee Marina that's causing this. This is decades old of nutrients that continue to stack up in Lake Okeechobee. Temperatures are rising. It's a perfect storm for this stew to start uh, developing. And Ed, when you get out of your car and you show up at these sites, it literally, it literally takes your breath away. The smell of that algae takes your breath away. And there, there goes your fishing industry right there. There goes your fishing industry. And Lake Okeechobee is known for its bass fishing. There, there's people that, that, that love to bass fish on Lake Okeechobee as well as recreate on Lake Okeechobee. It is a sick body of water. It's an impaired lake. We should be doing all we can to save Lake Okeechobee just as much as we do 
um, the Everglades itself. So when we say get this water south, people may be scratching their heads saying, well, why are you then going to take this this polluted water from the lake and put it in the Everglades? <laughs> the beauty is just south of the sugarcane fields, you have 70,000 acres of what I like to call the kidneys of the Everglades. They, they effectively remove the phosphorus and the nitrogen from the water. It's like a maze. This water stays in these stormwater treatment areas for a period of time to where then you're delivering clean water. Wait, wait, is that a natural process that does that? It is. Really? Wetlands. The wetlands, the Everglades is a, is a, is a large wetland. And these True. stormwater treatment areas, the plant life that's in these STAs, it absorbs the phosphorus, it absorbs nitrogen. And again, you're delivering clean water to the south. So we know we can effectively do it. But then Ed to the north, you don't have any willing sellers to build these type of wetland features or construct these wetlands. So that's where technology and innovation can come in. The private sector has a role to help us reduce the pollution going in. But you have to tackle it. You have to do it on a constant basis that's why this blue-green algae that the governor, mm. this blue-green algae panel that the governor uh, impaneled uh, is an important working with our chief science officer to uh, tackle these issues. How much – we had covered a story at Florida Daily a couple weeks ago, and it was a good – and one of our – one of the uh, guest uh, columnists talked about the Everglades is great, but also to address it out of all of the, the stuff that flows from up north, like the Kissimmee River. H- how is that situation dealing? Is it become much better, or is it still, hey – I don't want to use this as a phrase. What you may have come up there becomes trash down here. How is that? How much of a impact does a lot of that have coming from what was flowing down south? Well, the uh, and the water management district uh, South Florida is is meeting. Uh, they're meeting as we visit here today, and they actually had a presentation of just on your question. So, as you have from Orlando moving south, you see as water gets spread out along that Kissimmee watershed. Uh, it effectively um, provides filtration. Uh, water that stays in that area um, is cleansed. But as you get closer to Lake Okeechobee, you have different types of agricultural interests that are more intense. And there's hot spots. There's different hot spots north of Lake Okeechobee. So the data that the Water Management District has and the maps that, that show the land use vis-a-vis the nutrient pollution, you can overlay it. And again, you, you, you see you, you, you see clearly where these hotspots are. That's where hopefully water managers working with both agencies can go and start addressing these problems um, because it's not so much Orlando sending pollution down. I'm not saying there's none of that, but it's more cl- it's the closer you get to Lake Okeechobee where you see these high nutrients entering the lake. Yeah, because I, I, I know that you and, of course, I think a lot of us are big advocates of you know the, the issue of septic tanks is now starting garnering a lot of attention. I'm not saying it's getting done, but a lot of attention where they want to take some of the infrastructure money that the state has right. even and to deal with some of these septic tanks, which I know you've you've talked about. So I didn't know so how much of that would have an impact. Well, in in uh, in some of those areas that we're talking about, um, there's not many homes. Okay. There's not many septic tanks. You have a lot of you have septic tanks on the coast down here in Miami-Dade County, where I live. Uh, the septic problem is a major driver of the problems Biscayne Bay is facing, um, and the, the local government here is trying to address the septic to sewer issue. Hopefully, it's not talk and there's action there. But you also the Indian River Lagoon, where you've spent plenty yeah. of time. Uh, on the Treasure Coast. Septic tanks are an issue there as well, but um, it's a mixture of of problems with our water quality. They all need to be addressed. I'm not saying that you should just pick one or the other. 
fix them all because they're all important to uh, to solving the problem. Because what's funny is, is like, and you travel quite a bit. I, I mean, I'll get people go, and these are people that they don't realize how huge Lake Okeechobee is. And yes. it's funny to go, well, wait a second. If Hendrick's in Miami, what's he doing up in Port Saint? I'm like, hello, folks, look at the map. It all trickles back to Lake Okeechobee. So that's all why connected. you're on the road quite a bit. It's all connected. I I, I, I was in West Palm and Pahokee and Naples. and uh, Yeah, they hear all that. Yeah, Pahokee. I'm like, yeah. But we know we're a lot of, okay, so, because next week we can go over some other issues as well. What what happens now? What is okay? So we get the funding. You you. It's like the momentum. You're on the you're on the you're on the bike. Right. You're not stopping. We can go further and further. What happens next? Uh, do, I think what we've talked about on the radio show. Now we look at an infrastructure package and dealing with that. Is that the next the next priority? Yes. The the next priority is is, is just that. So as folks maybe saying, okay, how's this all playing out? So, you know, you get, you get money out of Tallahassee. Right. We're hopeful we'll get money out of Washington. That's for each year. So each year you have to go back to ensure these dollars are going, are going to these infrastructure projects. There is a document, a very detailed document that the army Corps of engineers has that has laid out between now 2021 and the year 2030. Those are, those are the next nine years of all of these projects, from reservoirs to removing man-made levees and dams. Uh, everything that the Army Corps needs to do to restore the Everglades between now and the year 2030, that totals $5 billion. Um, so again, you have to, under a normal circumstance, you're in Washington every year with, a, with, with an effort to try to receive substantial federal funding. If there is going to be an infrastructure debate in D.C., and it's not just your traditional highway, roadway, seaports, airports. All of that is important, and that's why we're proud to join with our, our friends at the uh, at the trans in the transportation sector to be part of a coalition. But water infrastructure, a lot of it you don't see. Some of these reservoirs you certainly will see because they're above ground. But water infrastructure is just as important right. as putting a new runway in or dredging a seaport. We have to keep up with the times here. So $5 billion for Everglades infrastructure, and these are shovel-worthy projects. Let's get it now. If Washington's going to do it, let's put this in a position to do so. Democrat and Republican alike at the congressional delegation have stepped up to say, let's work to get this included. I give Marco Rubio great credit for leading that effort in the Senate as well. And by the way, I understand why to get it done now, because the topic is hot, and it may not be hot three to four years down the road. Correct. I totally totally get it well listen i'm always happy to have you i know we do a lot of radio together and sometimes i have to write you know i got my pad out just in case i can get a phrase so anyways as one of my friends they go eric is he's cool he's sly i want sly they go like stallone there you go you can write that one i know eric and i always have this fun about certain words i'm like i gotta write that one down so anyway eric eichenberg the uh, ceo of the uh, Everglades Foundation, the website evergladesfoundation.org. He's also with our syndicated statewide show as well, which you can catch on many stations. And uh, But Eric, always good, and I know we'll talk to you next week. Take care, Ed. Great to be with you. All right, brother. Thank you. And that's been another edition next time, of course, as right now, right here on Florida Daily TV on floridadaily.com.